light wings, wings of the eagle, just spreading out our wings of faith right now. Just spreading out our wings. Lord, sometimes when we're in life, we tend to shut down, close off, tuck in, shield off with the things that's going on. But Lord, you just want us to open ourselves up like an eagle opening its full wingspan. So you giving us, you've given us wings of faith. And Lord, we just open ourselves to the currents of the Holy Spirit and the wind of the Holy Spirit that blows wherever he wants. It's so wonderful, Holy Spirit, that we can't predict in our lives where you're going to take us. We can't predict the journey. We lift our wings of faith and glide on the currents of the Spirit and you take us where you want us. You're in control, Lord, if we let you. So we pray for an impartation of fresh faith. Lord, we pray for an impartation of the Holy Spirit into our lives. Let your anointing come upon our lives afresh. Strengthen the weary tonight, Lord. Those that wings have dropped, weary, tired, pray that you'll strengthen them. Let your cool breeze of healing power flow into their bodies and their lives afresh. Pray, Holy Spirit, that you administer into our lives right now, body, souls, and spirit. Pray that you'll visit us fresh. Continue in your work, Lord. Fashion us into people that you want us to be. Don't leave us as we are. That's the one thing we almost beg. Don't leave us as we are. Don't let us plateau. Don't let us hit a ceiling in our lives that we can't break through on. But lift us to higher things. Father, life on earth is so short. We don't even know which day will be our last. But you do. You do. You're in control. And Lord, we don't want to go around in circles in a wilderness of experience, but we want to enter in. We want to see the giants fall and the walls come down. We want to taste of the fruit of the land. We want that milk. We want that honey. We don't want bread and water, but we want the goodness. We, we want to experience the promised land, that which you've destined us and called us to. Lord, sometimes we feel that we've experienced so little that, that we're still feasting, not feasting, but we're still dining on the crumbs when you've called us to the table. Holy Spirit, do what needs to be done. Give us renewed minds, changed hearts, Open our eyes that we might see. May we perceive things as you are. Wake us from our slumber. Make us alert to ourselves and to others and to the things that you're doing in these days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. Good to see you here tonight. Now, next Sunday we have a very special guest with us at the 5 o'clock and 7 o'clock, Robert Sladen will be back with us. Our own Robert Sladen, that's right. So he's, he's not ministering in the morning, he's ministering in the evening. So 5 o'clock teaching service, he's bringing teaching, and 7 o'clock ministry service. So let people know uh, that, that you know enjoy Robert's ministry because we're looking forward to that. Well, today I'm, I'm going to speak what I believe is a prophetic message because it certainly wasn't my intention to speak on this, but I do believe God dropped it into my heart, so that means that it must be very specific and special for some, and hopefully it'll, it'll bless all of us. And um, God was speaking to me about, and the phrase he gave me was, the right person in the right place at the right time. 
the right person in the right place at the right time. That's what the Holy Spirit dropped into my heart yesterday. And just from that phrase, I began to study. And I believe, as I said, it came out of nowhere. You know, sometimes you're thinking about something, you're studying something, you're meditating. I've been spending a lot of time thinking about Isaac and the wells and I would have thought that perhaps there would have been a progression from that this weekend. And there's other things that are on my heart and mind that, uh, that I'm thinking about. And so this came right out of the blue. And I'd like to start in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. We'll come to those words, Kairos and Kronos, that are behind me in a few minutes. Galatians 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. Notice, when the fullness of time had come, there was a plan and a purpose behind Jesus' coming. I know you know that. But he came at exactly the right time. He came at a specific God-ordained point in history, point in time. He was the right man in the right place at the right time. And that could have been his story. Every moment of Jesus' life, he was the right man in the right place at the right time. Even when he was a boy and his parents thought, where's that boy gone? He, he was with us in Jerusalem. Where's he gone? And they had to go back and they found him in the temple talking to the scholars and they were like, what are you doing? You're, you're the wrong boy in the wrong place at the wrong time. You should have been with us. But Jesus basically said, you're wrong. I'm the right boy in the right place at the right time. You see, sometimes you can be in the right place at the right time and not know it. And sometimes you can be the right person in the right place at the right time and others don't know it either. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son at the perfect moment in history. Not too soon and not too late. Absolutely on time. Now, if you look at the two words behind me, I want to talk about these words, and some of you may be familiar with these Greek words, and some of you may not. But the words that behind me, these are two Greek words. The New Testament was originally written in Greek. The Old Testament in, in, in Hebrew, parts in Aramaic. But also there is an ancient um, translation of the Old Testament into Greek. It's called the Septuagint. And sometimes you can see in your margins LXX, the Roman numerals for 70. And it's good to have this ancient Greek translation of the Old Testament Hebrew, because sometimes when we're not sure what the Hebrew is saying, we can see how the ancient scribes translated it into the Greek. And so in the Old Testament Greek version of the Hebrew, the Septuagint, and in the New Testament, we have these two words that are used for the English word time. We have the word kairos and the word chronos. And these are important, and it's important to know the difference between the two. So, for example, let me start with the word chronos. That's where we get the word chronology from. And uh, when we speak about the Greek word chronos and read this word for time in the New Testament, Old Testament, and sometimes you don't know which word's being used, it's just the word time. Is it chronos or kairos? But chronos simply means measurable time. You know... Uh, the passing of seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years, centuries. It's the passing of time. It's measurable time. It's the tick, tick, tick of the clock and the passing of time. That's what chronos means. But then we have this second Greek word that is used for time. And this word is kairos. And this is very different because... This is speaking about a due season, an appointed time 
or an opportune moment. So kairos is like a season in your life. You might say, oh, I'm a student at the moment. All right, well, then your kairos, or the season of your life right now, is study. You might say, oh, I've, I've, uh, we've, we've just had a child. Okay, so you're in a new season of your life, a new kairos of your life that has come into your life. You've had a child, and it's a new season for you. So kairos is about the season that you're living in. It's about what's happening in your life. It's about what God is doing, whereas chronos is the simple passing of time. And I want to show you how you can tell the difference between chronos and kairos and how God brings his seasons into the passing of time, the tick, tick, ticking of the clock as our life goes by, chronos. But God comes, and in that simple day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, God has times and seasons and appointed moments that he wants to visit us. God's work in Kronos through Kairos. And I'm going to give you a feel of that. So, for example, if we go to Mark chapter 1 and verse 14. Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Let me show you Kairos at work. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now you've got chronos, the passing of time, just the ticking, ticking of the clock, the passing of the calendar here, but you've also got the word kairos here. Where is the chronos? Well, it's the bit which says, now after John was put in prison. That was a moment in time. That was a passing in time, but the moment or the chronos, the time that John was put into prison, it's then that Jesus came to Galilee and he said, the time is fulfilled. Now, the Greek word for when Jesus said the time is fulfilled was not chronos here, but kairos. In other words, the appointed time is here. The due season, the opportune moment has arrived when it's time to preach the kingdom of God. Jesus was waiting for the time in Kronos, the passing of seconds and hours and days and weeks and years. He was waiting, and then John the Baptist was put into prison, and Jesus knew by the Spirit, it's now. Now's the time. It wasn't the time beforehand, but now's the time. He'd been waiting 30 years for the time, the kairos, the season, to preach the gospel, You think, well, why didn't he start when he was a kid? Why didn't he start when he was a teenager? Why didn't he start preaching the gospel and saying these things when he's 21, 22, 23? Why did he wait? Because it wasn't God's timing. Kairos is God's timing. We uh, think of Daniel chapter 2 and verse 21. It says, he changes God, Daniel 2, 21. God changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He guides, gives wisdom, sorry, he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. Now, in the Greek version of the Old Testament, the word chronos and kairos are used in this sentence. It says, he changes times, that's chronos, and seasons, that's kairos. You see, they're two different things. And he deposes kings, raises up others, and he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to, the, uh, to, the, to those, to the discerning. So here we see there are times, historical times, and you can look back in history and say, oh, there was a time when we were at war, World War II. There was a time when Queen Victoria was on the throne. And you can look at times and centuries, but there are also seasons seasons of special activity that God is doing for a season. He changes the times and seasons. And he gives wisdom and, not, and, and to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. In this passage, Daniel 2.21, it's, it's really saying that this, real wisdom and real knowledge in life is knowing what season you're in 
and knowing what season you're not in, a discerning, an understanding of what God is doing in your life, what God is doing in the lives of those around you that are under your care or in your family, what God is doing in your church, what God is doing in your city or your nation, and even what God is doing in the world. The kairos, the seasons. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 1, we see the passage where Jesus is talking about being aware of what's going on. God's kairos, God's season, what God is doing and what God is not doing. Matthew 16. Then the Pharisees and Sadducees came and testing him, asked him that they would show him a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them, when it's evening, you say, it'll be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign should be given to it except the sign of the prophet of Jonah. So here he's saying, the people are saying, show us a sign that God is at work. Show us a sign that what you're saying is true. And he says, can't you see it? Can't you discern? All the signs are there for you. Why are you asking for a sign? You can tell the weather when you look up at the sky. You can tell uh, the temperature, what's going to happen. But you can't see the sign of the times, the times, the kairos, the season of God that we're in. Another great passage refer referring to kairos, God's time, God's season, is um, found in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Straight after Proverbs. A very famous passage. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born. Now I'm going to read this whole, but let me just explain. In the Greek version of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, Kairos and Kronos are used here. It says, to everything there is a Kairos and a Kronos for every purpose under the heaven. And then it goes in and this passage, and every word that is time that I'm about to read is Kairos in the Old Testament Greek version. Do you hear me? It's not Kronos. It could be, if it was Cronus, a time to be born, oh, well, it just happened. A time to die, oh, well, it just happened. No, the word is not Cronus, the simple passing of time, the, the non-personal passage of time, the almost meaningless passage of time, the scientific passage of time. No, the word is Kairos, meaning a purposeful season. So, to everything there is a Kairos, a Cronus for every purpose under the heaven, a kairos time to be born, and a kairos time to die. A kairos time to plant, and a kairos time to pluck which is planted. A kairos time to kill, a kairos time to heal. A time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain, and a time to lose. A time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear, and a time to sow. A time to keep silence, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time of war, and a time of peace. All those words come from the word kairos, not chronos. Remember kairos, an appointed time, a due season, an opportune moment. And when I read that, I always think of that, you know, it's probably too old, but 1965, the birds, they sang a song called, uh, based on this Ecclesiastes called Turn, 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 written by Pete Seeger. And it's just simply a song going through a time. And it's an amazing song. If you want to find it on iTunes, it's B-Y-R-D-S, The Birds. Um, uh, 
turn, turn, turn. And it puts it wonderfully to music. This time, this time, this time, this time. The word is not chronos. If the word was chronos, what would it mean? It would mean there's just a mechanical passing of time where these things happen. And these things don't really have any meaning. Some people are happy. Some people are sad one day. Some people are born and some people die and some people build and some people turn down and tear, uh, tear down and some people... And a meaningless passage of time in which these things happen. But it's not using that word chronos. It's using the word kairos, which means an appointed time. Now, I'm going to come back to all this, explain it in a minute. Even in John's Gospel, Jesus was always talking about his hour. Have you ever seen that when you read John's Gospel? One of the great themes of John's Gospel is my hour. Jesus would say, my hour has not yet come. So when his mother is trying to get him to solve the wine problem in Cana, he turns to her in John chapter 2, verse 4, and he says, woman, what do you want with me? My hour has not yet come. In other words, there is a timing. He's saying, my kairos, there is a timing of God, and it's not yet come, and you can't make it happen before it's time. And this phrase, my time has not yet come, Jesus would use again and again. Another example, and it's, it's a great thing to do a search on this, but another example is John chapter 7, verse 30, where they, it says, they tried to arrest Jesus, and no one laid hands on him because his hour had not yet come. They tried to, but they couldn't. Why? Because it wasn't God's timing for Jesus to be crucified, to be captured. They wanted to, they couldn't, because it wasn't in God's timing. That is so powerful, you know, to understand that Kronos does not rule Kairos. In other words, someone comes along and says, we're going to arrest Jesus. Why? Because we think it's the right time. Well, I'm sorry. Kronos does not rule Kairos. And God's season for him to be uh, taken to trial, arrested and crucified has not yet come. Therefore, you cannot do it at this present Kronos. You hear what I'm saying? I'm trying to build something here. And then in John 12, 23, Jesus says this. The hour... He said, the hour had come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now was the hour. The hour had come. What I'm trying to say is this, is that there is one of the keys to life, ministry, is to understand you're not just living day to day. I think this is such an important message because so many people are doing or thinking that that's exactly the way life is. You know, how are you going to feel Monday morning if you're blessed to have a job? Here we go again. Has anybody ever watched that film, Groundhog Day? Wave at me, just so I know. Some of you need to get it out on Love Film or whatever it is. It, it'll be Groundhog Day. Write it down on, in your notes. Groundhog Day. And Groundhog Day is just a, a wonderful film. It's one of my favorites. Because what happens is, there's this celebration, it's called Groundhog Day in an American, in American town, and this man goes down to cover it uh, for the news. And he goes down, and he stays in a, in a hotel, and he wakes up, and then he goes through the whole day, and then he goes to bed, and he wakes up thinking it's the next day, but it's the same day all over again. Everything happens just like the day before. And he thinks, this is weird. He goes to bed. He wakes up the next day. It's all happened. The same people say the same things. And it's an amazing thing because after a while, he can do whatever he wants during the day because the next day is exactly the same. It's a brilliant film. And so when you say, if you ever watch a film, you say it's like Groundhog Day. It's like, here we go again. Here we go again. Have you ever felt like you're a hamster on a treadmill? <laughs> I have. You're, just on, you're running, but you're not getting anywhere. Well, it's Groundhog Day. You, the bell goes, and here you go again. Same tube, same bus, same boss, 
So here we go again, here we go again, here we go again, here we go again, week by week. And you think it's a rat trap, just another week, another week, another week, another week. And something happens that's special, well, praise God, a birthday or something like that. But you get into a rut, and you can think, is this, is this all it is, just the passing of time? I'm here to tell you that is not the way the kingdom of God works. But there is kairos purpose in chronos time. Reminds me of the phrase, cometh the hour, cometh the man. And uh, I remember one Wednesday evening, I've told this story before, because this word is in my, prophet, my personal prophecy book, where I write down kairos words from the Lord. Things that are going to happen. It's times I'm in when God says this is a season of or I'm going to bring you into a season one day, or this is a season. So I have a prophetic book where I have down there seasons that have passed, seasons I may be in, and seasons that God is preparing me for that I've not yet come across. Well, anyway, the story is, as I came out of a Wednesday evening prayer meeting once, and I was in a really bad mood, um, and I was complaining to God, and I was saying, I don't want this, I don't want to be in a ministry anymore, it happens every week. And I was like, <laughs> so, so it, was, it was the usual stuff. And I guess I was getting a bit chronos, you know, here we go again. Here we go again. Here we go again. Here we go again. Another week, another Sunday, another Wednesday, another, another, another. I've had enough. I don't want it. I was moaning and groaning and this, that, and the other. I don't want this. And I was also, I can't do it, Lord. I can't be the person you want me to be. And people's expectations and certain people's hopes and certain people saying, what they'd what like me to do in the future and where I'm meant to be and all these types of things. And I can't be that. I'm not there. I can't cope. I'll never be at that place. You need to find somebody else. You get the picture. So I'm moaning on and I'm going towards and I'm getting to Shepherd's Bush roundabout, moaning. But on the background, I've got the football on, just in the background. I don't even know who was playing. And it's just in the background, I'm a moaning and all that. Like, I can't be the person, I'll never be the person you need me to be. I can't do it, I won't make it. And then as I'm turning, I remember I'm going round the roundabout and they've just that mo- just a couple of moments ago put on a substitute and it's, it's the last few moments of the match and they put on a substitute. And, it's sort of, and as I go around it, suddenly there's a big shout from the radio because the substitute has scored the winning goal. And out of the radio, the commentator says something which is a bit of a football cliche. The commentator shouts, cometh the hour, cometh the man. And the Holy Spirit, the rhema word just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I realized, why am I worrying about being a certain person at a certain hour that's not taken place yet? Why am I saying I can't be this person in the future when it's not the future. God said, cometh the hour, cometh the man. That's one of my foundational um, words of the Lord, one of my rhema words that I keep close to my heart. Hey, whatever God's got in store for me, and the same is for you, whatever God's got in store for me, I'm not ready for it right now. But I'm not there right now. But God says that when I'm there, when the hours come, the man will be there. I'll be the man I need to be when the moment comes. You know what I'm saying? It's the same for you. It's the same for you. You're on a journey and there's seasons and there's an end, there's an end plan and God wants to take you to places and sometimes God can speak into your life of what he wants you to be or where he wants you to do or what he wants you. And it's, it's sort of like the end game. It's where you're going to be. Sometimes God speaks to you and he forgets that it's... He doesn't forget. It's as if he's forgotten there's going to be a big interval between what he's saying to you. You know, He says something like, you shall do this and you shall do that. And you're like, what, tomorrow? <laughs> and then 20 years later it happens. Sometimes God, God speaks kairos without giving you the chronos. Do you know what I'm saying? And um, I think God works, you see, God works in seasons. He's more interested in seasons than he is in simple passing of moments. In fact, it's us, it's the modern generation that is so chronos-focused. I mean, we've got digital watches, alarm watches, we've got everything, haven't we? We're obsessed by, by time, and 
is one minute late and all that sort of stuff. You know, we're obsessed by time. It wasn't always like that. In the old days, life was seasonal. When we were more like farming communities, it wasn't so much, you know, is it, you know, what, what, what time is it in the day? It was what season is it? And after the flood, God came and his big thing was, there's still going to be seasons. There's going to be seasons in the natural. And there are seasons in the supernatural. In the book of Acts, they prophesy and they say, God said that there would be seasons of refreshing. You know, some people say, oh, I remember the days of great refreshings that were in Kensington Temple in the 1990s. Has God left us? No, it was a season. Or I remember in KT when there was a great season, two years with the gypsy evangelist, 5,000 people giving, making recorded decisions over that time. Two years. Oh, the glory days. Has God given up on us? It was a season. And sometimes people, they have a season with God and they can't get over it. Some churches are living in a season that passed years ago. Some movements and denominations are living in a season of God that has long ended. And they have not transitioned into the new season. Some Christians, some churches... They're, they're living in a season that was, but no longer is. That's a big question we have to ask ourselves. You know, are we, what season have God been, been in? And I think about God works in season. I think about Esther, chapter 4, verse 14. You know the book of Esther, you know the story, where uh, the Jews are going to be destroyed, but a Jewish woman has been given such favor that she's the wife of the Persian king. And um, Mordecai speaks to Esther, verse, chapter 4, verse 14, and says, look, just because you're married to the king, if Haman gets this law through, you're going to die like the rest of us. But you, you're in a position where you can go to the king. And then he says this, his famous verse, says to Esther, yet who knows whether you have come to this kingdom for such a time as this. Such a time as this. The whole thing about Esther was God's kairos. You know, she didn't become the wife of the king just any time, but she came the wife of the king for the perfect time. God's kairos was at work. And so when we look at our lives, I want to look at your life personally. I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about the seasons of your life. Not just the natural seasons. I was a child, I went to school and everything like that. Those are important, of course. But I want you to think about the spiritual seasons in your life because God will bring seasons into our personal life, our devotional life, our personal spiritual life, God will bring us into seasons. And the question is, what seasons have you been through and what season are you in right now? I've known time, times in my Christian life, and it's got nothing to do with the fact that I'm a minister, just as a Christian, I've known, time, known times in my life when I've had seasons of great study where I just can't get enough of studying where different books keep coming my way and I've got this thirst and this hunger. I like to study anyway. But there's this something inside me that's pushing me to study, study, study. And it's been a season of studying. And I've studied and I've studied and studied. And then that season is lifted. There's other times when there has been great seasons of personal operations of God deep in my heart and life. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where, where there's been a season where God has really, really, really put me on the operating table. Do you know what I'm talking about? And opened me up and done some major heart surgery. Now, thank God, that was just a season. But it was a season. There's other times of seasons where God has just put on me a season of favor. 
There's times I can remember where I could hardly do anything. Everything I touched was blessed. Everything I did just worked. Bang, bang. It was a season of favor. Do you know, every, everything I asked, I got it. Well, not quite, but it seemed like that. There was just a season of failure. But there's been seasons of desert. Where every, nothing I prayed ever happened. Where God seemed to have abandoned me. Where everything was dry. It was a desert season. I mean, look at Jesus' life. He had seasons. He had a season in the desert, didn't he, for 40 days. But it didn't last forever. So God brings seasons. He works in our lives by <coughs> seasons. And this is the important thing. If you're living chronos and you can't discern kairos, you're going to be confused. If you're living chronos, you're living day to day, week by week, and you're not discerning kairos, firstly, you're going to be confused. Secondly, you're not going to mature as you should be. Because if God is working a season in your life and you're not cooperating with it, in fact, you might even be working against it. That is not going to get you flowing with the things of the kingdom. So if God is putting you in a desert... If God has got you, say, let's put it this way. If God's got you on the table and he's doing major spiritual heart surgery, and you're thinking that God's telling you to run and jump on mountains and break through... You're trying to get off the table and you're trying to run with God for your breakthrough and God's trying to plunk you back on the table and start doing that deep heart work. And whenever he does that deep heart work, you're shrugging him off because now's the time of blessing and victory when actually now's the time of operation and deep work of the Spirit. You hear what I'm telling you? There's going to be conflict. There's going to be a, not a resonance, but a dissonance. There's going to be, this isn't working, this isn't... Uh, it doesn't always happen like this, but often, often, not always, but often when, when, you, when you're not comfortable with your life, when, 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 when things aren't working and, and in, on internal, there's an internal disturbance, sometimes it's because you're not cooperating with the season of God. You're not cooperating with that season. Sometimes God's seasons can be quite radical and acute. So, for example, I remember a short time when God gave me a, a, a very high, well, my, well my, to me it was, a very high level of, con, of, of deep concern for the souls of this nation. It lasted but a few weeks and it was based on that passage. It was around a Christmas time, that, that prophecy, that Christmas passage about uh, the people seated in darkness have seen a great light but I wasn't in the light bit I was you know the people that were sitting in darkness and I had and it was a season where God showed me in my heart the actual state of the millions of people in Britain that are not saved and it was it was almost crushing it was crushing I'm glad it was a season, you know what I'm saying? I couldn't live like that. Well, maybe I could, I don't know, but that season was a difficult season, but it was a season that helped me. You know what I'm saying? Well, what about the seasons that God is working? Because if you're working against God's, if you're sowing in harvest time, if you're reaping in sowing time, if you're out there in your T-shirt and flip-flops in wintertime. And if you've got your big parka coat and scarf in summertime, you're not dressed appropriately for the season. Or you're not working appropriately with the season in your life. You're saying, I'm trying to reap. Yeah, but it's sowing time. I'm trying to sow. It's reaping time. Springtime, summertime, autumn time. Winter time. What is God doing in our lives to discern the kairos, the timings of God? Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who was the minister of Westminster Chapel and the mentor of R.T. Kendall, he, one of the greatest things he said, well, I think he said about kairos and thing was this. He said, 
There is nothing, something like, <laughs> there is nothing more dangerous than a person who succeeds before their time. Or nothing more destructive, or something like that. But I'll say, nothing more dangerous than a person who succeeds before their time. What does that mean? It means that often we want it and we want it now. But we don't realize that sometimes what we want that God wants to give us, or where we want to be, where God wants to take us, or the abilities, or the authority, or the position that we want that God may well want to give us, we think we're ready for it and we want it now. Yet, cometh the hour cometh the woman. Cometh the hour cometh the man. But what if the hour hasn't come and you've said, I'm the man? Or you've said, I'm the woman? You are heading for disaster. And when I say that God works by seasons, not by chronos, you see, the thing is, sometimes it's the daily grind and the daily routine that is preparing you for your Kairos moment. I mean, think about Jesus. 30 years of life, three years of ministry. 30 years of life, three years of ministry. Day, I mean, imagine being, being the Lord. At a young age, you know exactly who you are by the witness of the scriptures and the witness of the spirit and the voice of your father. Jesus knew who he was very, very quick. As soon as his, as much as his mind was growing, his understanding was growing too. He knew who he was day by day. And Joseph is like, come on in, come here, son. Let's teach you now how to make a chair. And you know, you think, a chair? I'm going to heal the sick. I've been reading the Bible I've got the witness of the Spirit. I've been called to give sight to the blind. I've been called to, to break the dungeons. I've been called to cast out demons. I've been called to be the savior of the world. Not another lesson in making a chair. Well, if you learn your chair, you might learn how to make a table. And not just one day, but every day. Every day. Every day. Jesus, his mum said. Jesus can you help me set the table? Jesus, can you help me do the... Jesus, can you help your... Jesus, day after day after day after day, year after year after year. And you would think, you'd say, I might just do a miracle on the sly. Do you know what I mean? Jesus, just try out your new powers, Lord. You know, he said, oh, a dead dog. Live. Oh, look at that. Yep, got the power, looking good. He didn't do any of that. The Bible says he was obedient. He learned obedience to his father and he was obedient to his parents and he grew in wisdom and stature in the favor of God. Day after day after day. Think about what that 22, 23, 24, 25 years old, 26 years old, 27 years old. And you say, well, what was the point? Couldn't God have just sent Jesus down as a mature 30-year-old, bang, from heaven and then he could have started his ministry? It was essential preparation for him. And sometimes we don't realize that in the, uh, in the drudgery of Kronos is the preparation of Kairos. In the Groundhog Day experiences, where you think you're going round and round in circles another week, another month, another year, actually... There is purpose. If you're cooperating with God in the little, he's getting you ready for the big. He's working. It's the little things that you apply yourself to that is getting you ready for the big things. Jesus teaches on that. He says to him, you know, to, to, to those that, that use what they're given, more will be given to them. If you use it to those that have been given, what you're doing, what you're doing with what your time, even if you feel that life is futile and useless, there's purpose in it. If you cooperate with God, there's purpose in it. There's purpose in it. You say, what, well, right where I am? There's purpose right where you are. Yeah, but I don't want to be right where I am. 
Well, you won't be there forever, but there's purpose. I can't see the purpose. There's purpose. There's purpose. All you need to do is align yourself with God. And even in the purposeless moments and the purposeless times, I think back in my life, maybe you can think back, I think of some of the times when I thought, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? What's the point of that? This seems purposeless, pointless. Seems actually to be working against the things of God and the call of God on my life rather than for. I cannot see the purpose. But when there's a bit of a distance, when you hit a few Kairos moments, you can look back and you can say, I understand now. I understand what God was working in my character. I understand during that time. I remember when I came to Bible school. After I'd done my theology degree, I came down to Kensington Temple to go to Bible school for a year because I wanted ministry on the cutting edge. And the mornings were great. I loved the mornings. I loved the lectures. I loved the teaching. I was, it was wonderful. But the afternoons were awful. Why? Because I had to work in the reject shop to get me through college. And I couldn't understand why my dad wouldn't pay for everything. <laughs> he paid for my fees. He wasn't even saved then, so that wasn't bad. So I had to rush from fantastic ministry in the morning, preparing me for my future, down Cross HTB, HTB, you know what HTB is? How are you meant to be Kensington Temple? What okay, I was joking. You can go to HTB if you want. HTB, right across, there's a very posh furniture shop now. That used to be the reject shop. I used to work there in the afternoons and evenings. And it used to do my head in. Because number one, I thought I could be a witness here, but nobody wanted to know. And there's a story about that, but that ended up in a good Day after day, week after week, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? You know, I had a degree, I could be working here, there, but what am I doing? I don't see the point of this. This is drudgery, I don't see the point. I don't need to go into the story now, but when I look back on that year, that time of working in the reject shop was as important as being in the Bible school. It was as important. I didn't like it, found it hard didn't see the point, I wanted to go preaching the gospel everywhere and all like that. But you know, when I look back on it, it was part of God's training and, and it was just as much God's training for the future as when I was sitting here with Colin Dye and Wynne Lewis and they were ministering and, and all this power of God. It was just as important, just as important. Sometimes the little things and the hidden things are the things that are setting you up for your future the disciplines that you learn, the just pure, sometimes just pure faithfulness. Sometimes just pure faithfulness. And you think nothing's happening, but that pure faithfulness is getting you ready for the moment in time, the kairos moment. And let me, have you ever had a kairos moment? Of course you have. You have. A kairos moment, what? When God turns up, when that prophecy comes, when that breakthrough happens, bang, 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 all of a sudden you've been waiting, nothing's been happening, God just turns up and it's there. You've been trying to get into this place, you've been trying to do this, you've been trying to do that, but all of a sudden, bang, bang, bang. And sometimes God gives you a taste of your ultimate kairos. Sometimes he gives you tastes. He, he wets your appetite tight for what's to come, then he sends you back on the hamster wheel for a while to get you fit for that moment. Seasons of God, seasons in our lives. So I'm asking you, God told me to speak this message, so it's got to be relevant to somebody who's here today or watching on, on, on the internet sometime. What season are you in? The Lord will show you. What season are you in? Don't dismiss, you're not just on a chronos scale, you're not just ticking the hours. You're not just clocking in and clocking out, going to work and coming home. God has a season for you, a spiritual season, a season in your life. Not every moment is precious to God, even if you don't think it's a precious moment or a precious time. And you need to say, Holy Spirit, help me yield to the season. But also think of the Kairos moments and cherish them. I've got a book of Kairos moments, Kairos words. When God comes through for you, seasons, 
Think of God. God will speak to you about what's going to happen. He'll speak to you about a Kairos moment, an opportunity, a moment. Because get ready. Keep discipled. Keep moving forward. Keep faithful. Because when those moments come, they're amazing. When, those, when the Kairos time comes for such a time. And that's you as an individual. But isn't God doing something with his people together? Are we just here Sunday night by Sunday night because we're here by Sunday night? Or is God preparing us? Is God preparing us as a people? Has, has God got a Kronos and a Kairos for Kensington Temple? Is, is, are we just a local church that is meant to do its best? You know, sometimes I speak to God and I think, do you know what? Sometimes it would be just easy to think, well, let's just be a local church. And let's just do what a local church does. Let's win souls, consolidate, look after one another, have great preaching, and let's, let's just be content to be a local church and do what a good local church should do. But I can't help it, there's destiny. I can't help thinking there's a destiny over this house. Not just doing what we should be doing, praise the Lord for that, not just a local church doing great local work. i got a feeling there's a kairos out there i got a feeling that it's not just keep doing the work, although we are and we should, but there's got to be more than just chronos. i got a feeling that there's a glory of the latter house that is greater than the glory of the former. i got a feeling that not just for you as an individual, but for us together, there is a destiny for us together. There's kairos moments that we're being made, prepared for, that the prophecies over us and, and what God wants to do. And let's not just think about Kensington Temple. I've got a feeling that there's Kairos moments for London. I've got a feeling that God has a plan for all the Christians and believers in London, of whatever tribe or persuasion. Surely it's not just we're going to go out, all Christians in London, do the work. Yes, yes, do the work. In season, out season. Preach the gospel. In season, out season. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing what you know to do. I believe there are kairos times for this city. I believe there's kairos times, opportune times, seasons of refreshing and revival that are going to come to London and Britain. I believe what R.T. Kendall is preaching. I believe it with my heart. I believe in the midnight cry. I believe that God has got new times and new seasons for Europe. That's what's on my heart. Europe is on my heart. Europe. That God has a season. It's not just, well, this is just going to go on, as it did today, and hopefully we'll get a few more converts, and hopefully plant a couple more churches, and just keep on going in the same way, week by week. We've got to believe there's something more. We've got to believe in the God of Kairos. There is a time... Ecclesiastes chapter 3, what timing are you in? Sometimes there's a time for tearing down in your life and a time for building up. Sometimes there's a time for joy. Don't weep in the time of joy. Enjoy the joy. When the joy of the Lord hits, enjoy it. But there's also a time for weeping and it's inappropriate to be joyful during a time of weeping. It's inappropriate to be pulling down when it's building up time. It's inappropriate. You see, the timings of God, the timings that are taking place. I believe that this is a Kairos time that the Holy Spirit is working in his people. Working in his people, preparing them for an anointing and a level of authority that there's not been experienced in generations. That's what I believe. God is the season of God's preparation. I mean, John came, John the Baptist came for a season. And he said, prepare the way of the Lord. The Lord wasn't there ministering. It was the time of preparing. It was the season of bringing down the hills, bringing up the values, valleys, and preparing a highway. But the moment he was in prison, that had been done. The time of preparation was over. The time of preparing and preaching of John the Baptist was over. There was a moment the kairos had changed. It was now the season. I'm telling you, 
prepare ye the way of the Lord, because the Lord is fixing to come again to this great church, this great city, this great nation, and this great Europe. But we need a John the Baptist's anointing. We need repentance, change of heart, work of God, conviction of the Holy Spirit to prepare us so that when that comes, we can carry it. We won't dissipate it. We'll be ready for it. It's the same in your personal life. God is withholding the blessing over certain people in this place until you're ready. Until you're ready. You're not ready. You say, I am ready. That's why you're not ready. You're not ready. You're not ready. There's things that need to take place, things that have to happen, disciplines that need to be put in place, attitudes that need to change. That's the season. But we're always, to to Pentecostals and Charismatics, it seems we're always preaching the season of blessing. The blessing, it's the blessing, it's the blessing, it's the blessing. Like it's always the season of the blessing. That would be like Christmas every day. Now, at first thought, Christmas every day would be wonderful, double wonderful for me and David Wellington because it's our birthdays as well. I think I'd get sick of turkey. I've got sick of turkey by Boxing Day. Do you know what I'm saying? Day after day after day, Christmas every day, you know. But God, God, God is working, God is preparing for new seasons to come in our life. But if we just have the attitude of, well, Sunday by Sunday, week by week, nothing's really going to change, nothing, then we're not getting ready for a new season. If you think it's going to be winter all the time, if you think it's winter all the time, if you think we're in a spiritual winter, and you think it's going to be winter all the time, you won't be ready when spring hits us. Seasons, seasons, timings, hours that are not yet but shall come, preparations, past kairoses, past seasons, important as they were then, they're no more. It was a season to take us to where we are, but now there's new seasons in your life, new seasons. Cooperate with the season in your life. Cooperate with the season in your church. Because if you cooperate, God's kingdom's going to come in power. If you don't cooperate, God will get you there, but it'll be a slow process. You'll be going around the wilderness a couple of times before you enter in. But you cooperate with the season, the kairos in your life, and you will find a resonance in the spirit. You'll find a flow in the spirit. You won't get overly frustrated. You'll say there's purpose, there's purpose, there's purpose, there's purpose. There's purpose. There's purpose in everything that's taking place. Yield to God. Work with God. Understand, seek him for the season you're in. He's willing to tell you. Cooperate with that season so that you'll be ready for the kairoses that are to come. Let's just stand in the presence of the Lord and seal this prophetic word in our lives. Cometh the hour, cometh the woman. Cometh the hour, cometh the man. Seasons of God. Kairos in our chronos. Preparations for the moments of God. Precious times. Seasons of refreshing. Moves of the Holy Spirit, purposes of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Lord, we yield. We yield to you. Perhaps in this place tonight, you've not properly given your life to Jesus. You're still in the season of darkness and sin that God never wants you to stay in. And tonight, you have an opportunity to step into the season of salvation. The Bible says, doesn't say yesterday is the day of salvation. It doesn't say tomorrow is the day of salvation. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear his voice, obey. If there's anybody in this place, let's bow our heads in prayer. If there's anybody in this place tonight and you say, I, I, want, I, I want God, I want to come out of darkness into light, out of sin into freedom and forgiveness. I want to come into the kingdom of God and the seasons of God. I want to come out of the seasons of the enemy. 
and into a place where God ordains my seasons, not Satan. I want my sins forgiven tonight. I want a new life. If that's you with the heads bowed in prayer, I want you to lift your hand right where you are and I'll pray for you that you be delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light tonight. Lift your hand if that's you and you want me to pray for you. Yep, up in the balcony. Lift your hand if you're ready to receive Jesus. You're not here by accident. God brought you here. And he's saying, today, if you hear my voice and respond, lift your hand. Let me see those hands. Keep them up. And I'll pray for you right now. Anybody else? Today is the day of your salvation. Yes, hand. Anybody in the balcony? Before I pray, yep, at the back. Anybody else? Today's the day. The appointed time. Yep, hand. Don't miss it. Wouldn't it be terrible if this was the appointed day, your Kairos to be saved? You missed it and tomorrow you died and went to hell? It's possible. So for one more Last time I asked, is there anybody else? You say, today I want to be sure, know, my sins are forgiven and that I'm going to heaven. Lift your hand. Father, I pray for those that have lifted their hands, coming out of darkness into light. Deliver them. Cause them to be born again. Take them into the cycle of your seasons of blessing and preparation refreshing and let your grace be upon them and for us Lord now the rest of us we come to you and we say Lord we want to cooperate with your seasons for our life we don't want to create our own season it would be inappropriate to create summer and winter inappropriate to create winter and summer inappropriate to sow when it's reaping God what's your season ask him right what is your season for me and you know he'll have been speaking to you about it some of the scriptures that are on your heart perhaps a book you've been reading perhaps something that's happening in your life has caused you to be in a season it could be a season of a test it could be a season of refreshing it could be just look at your life what God's saying to you scriptures that are important to you right now things that are occurring in your circumstances what's the season Lord you're not just living day by day you're not just living week by week like chronos nothing's going to change no purpose just do your best whatever No, there is a definite season. It could be as a season of coming back to the Lord for some of you. Some of you might be far from the Lord on the inside. It could be a time for turning to Him. It could be a time of seeking Him. It could be a time of healing. It could be, you know Ecclesiastes 3. It could be any of these things. Get in tune with your season. you'll find things are a lot easier. Seasons of God. Kairos of God. You'll have greater patience if you understand. This is a testing time, you say. I'm, I'm going through a testing time. Well then, cooperate with it. You'll come through it. Thank God, difficult times are also only a season. Refreshing times are sometimes only a season, unfortunately. But difficult times are only ever a season. You don't realize that the difficult time is a season. It's going to be hard for you to endure, to be patient, to keep on keeping on, because you're going to give up hope and think this season will will never change. That's right. If you responded to the Lord, someone may just speak to you. One of our consolidators, they want to give you a gift, a New Testament, pray for you, bring you back. Nothing weird will happen to you, I promise season what are you in you might say I have no idea what season I am in well you're in a place where you can begin to ask you can begin to say Lord I don't know I don't know I've been living chronos I don't even know what I'm doing I'm just waking up every day and getting through the day I'm just going through the week and getting through the week I'm Groundhog Day that film I've not even watched 
you watch it, you'll feel like you're in it. Just day by day, week by week, month by month, I'm praising you, I'm giving to you, I'm going to sell, I'm leading sell, but I don't really know. It's just, it's just chronos. Show me your kairos. Show me your season. Show me your season. Help me help others identify their seasons. People that are going through difficulties, I know. People that are struggling and they don't know why, they don't know what's going on. They're confused because they don't know their kairos. Give us wisdom and discerning to help those that are around us to say, hey, God's not abandoned you. God's with you. It's just a season. It's a season. It won't last forever. There's purpose behind it, even if you can't see it. One day you look back on it, you understand you don't now. Just keep on believing, keep on going. It won't last forever. There's purpose. You'll come out stronger. You'll come out better. You'll come out blessed. Seasons of God. God help us tune ourselves into the season of God for our church and our nation. Oh God. I want the ministry team to come forward right now. We're going to pray for anybody that needs prayer tonight for whatever reason you want prayer. But we're going to, you're welcome to leave whenever you want to leave. If you want to go now as we enter the next part, you're welcome to go. If you want prayer, come forward and we'll pray for you. We're just going to spend a few moments just waiting on the Lord and just allowing this word of Kairos and Kronos to really soak into our lives so that we can go forward with understanding and wisdom and cooperate with the seasons of God in our lives. Feel free to come forward for prayer. Feel free to go if you need. Robert Sledden will be with us next week. And free, feel free to tarry for a few minutes as God is doing his work. Yes. Come live in 